This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Right now with the Sound and the Fury panel, Anthony Fury from the Sun, Matty DiMuccio, CEO of the Society for Quality Education. Just by way of follow-up on this climate question and the rally tomorrow and your concerns as parents with kids in school and uh, how you feel maybe in some way they may be subverted by uh, certain folks who have uh, an agenda beyond just uh, seeing the environment being uh, stabilized or whatever the case may be. Let's get around to a, a story that Global News has come up with. Actually, it's a poll from Ipsos conducted exclusively for Global. And uh, this found that Canadians uh, have vastly different views on what should be done to try to mitigate the impacts of climate change. 46% don't want to spend any additional money in the form of taxes or higher costs of goods. So in other words, while they may agree, yeah, we've got an issue we have to address, uh, you got to pay for it, though. Uh, <laughs> no. And when it goes to... Just 22% say they'd be willing to pay up to 100 extra dollars a year. Uh, 8% would be willing to pay anywhere from 101 to $200. <laughs> Only 2% between 301 and $400. So at the cost of a night on the town, uh, you're okay with letting the planet burn and uh, you just don't want to pay the extra. What does that tell you? There's a gap here between, I guess, paying lip service and actual commitment, Anthony. And, John, if people saw these as as we were talking about before the break, these actual firm examples that they knew these weather events were directly related to climate change. If they knew people actually were dying for this, if they actually genuinely did feel it in their lives, then maybe they'd go, okay, let's do this World War II style mobilization of society that Elizabeth May and Naomi Klein and others push for. But they know that, yeah, I'm not so sure about this. There's some change happening. There's some negatives. There's some positives in it in terms of you know, j- j- changing landscapes and so forth. Okay, let's see. We can do some mitigation stuff, but I don't understand how we need these massive sweeping government programs, or in this case, the carbon tax, the blunt instrument. The one thing that I've always thought is rather amusing is we've got these great minds, Gerald Botts, greatest mind in the country, and he's running World <laughs> Life Federation and so forth, and all after his decades of, of serious reflection on this important issue, all he can come up with is a tax. Really? Really? I mean, I find it very interesting. You put all these tens of thousands of scientists in the room and all the tax it. The oldest trick in the book. Really? I mean, something doesn't smell right here. All right. And not surprisingly, uh, the Greens, those who identify as their supporters, willing to pay the most with an, a- an average of $700 to address this. So uh, they'd go deeply into their pockets. And uh, that shows a certain degree of commitment. Uh, any comment on that, Maddie, before I move on? I agree with Anthony. I think most people are too um, overwhelmed with the complex science of climate change, and I agree. You know, when you say just tax something, they don't understand how that would have any impact on it. So I think, you know, to, to Anthony's words, I think, you know, tax People just tune right out. They just, they don't like it. It's just, it's been done before and we've never seen anything change. Well, and I guess you might say though, uh, and to put that into context, uh, affordability and cost of living are number two. Health is number one as a consideration of these issues being addressed during the election campaign and then affordability and then climate change. So if you're really worried about affordability, you're really protecting your wallet. And when they're talking about taxing you on this front, it's like, hang on just a second, I can't pay anymore. Uh, so I guess that makes sense. Let me move to another matter uh, with education, Maddie, since you're the CEO of the Society for Quality Education. You know, earlier in the hour before you joined us, Peter Weltman was with us, Ontario's financial accountability officer. And uh, he said in terms of uh, how the education model is working through the Ford government, uh, there would actually be a reduction in spending 
but through attrition, 10,000 teachers would lose their jobs. But there's that fund, $1.6 billion to protect teachers, you know, in the event of layoff. Uh, it looks like it would all work out without really uh, too much pain. And they ran the model of, uh, you know, slightly larger class sizes. I'm just wondering if maybe uh, the education file is being misrepresented by the teachers' unions. You've got the folks from CUPE. They're planning work to rule as of Monday and saying childhood education is going to be seriously compromised in the province and uh, they won't have the same clean gymnasiums and schools because, you know, we're only going to clean up, uh, you know, once every two days or so on and so forth. Do you think the quality of education and the education experience will be compromised? Look, this has been a real conundrum for any government, but especially the conservative Ford government. Um, Conservatives have, you know, historically said, we want our education system to be the best that it can be and that it should be for students. However, so much of the of the cost of education, which is, I think, the second biggest file, ministry file in Ontario, has to do with salaries and administration and overall bloat and 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 just the constant union demands that are just coming up every time they, they negotiate uh, you know uh, renegotiate their their contracts so i've always said i've always stuck to my principle of saying look we need a government that comes in a pretty tough government that says enough is enough i'm going to go to war with the teachers i know this is going to cause a war with the unions it is what it is, but they need a good communication strategy to say, look, this is about the students, right? This is about the students. This is so we don't have to cut class sizes. This is so we don't have to have portables. This is so we don't have to, uh, you know, lay off, uh, you know, special needs teachers. If we, you know, we're, we're really we're really grasping at straws here because at the end of the day, um, until the teachers look at themselves and look at themselves in the mirror and these unions and say, look, Maybe we've got to pitch in too. Maybe we've got to realize that maybe we we have to sacrifice too. It is never about the student when it comes to union negotiations, John. Do not be fooled by that. It is always about a union is there to represent the worker, right? The worker is there to represent themselves. And who represents the students? Well, parents do, activists do, and, we, and government in some ways does as well because they are responsible. The onus is on them to have a good education system. And so much of of talk about education Ontario has always been about union demands and teacher demands and we very rarely talk about the students and and when we do talk about the students John it's about lower math scores right well that came out today by the way uh, the latest tranche and it says that we're still trending downward I guess because the Ford government uh, changes that they're planning to implement with the math curriculum and so on and so forth still hasn't been you know, factored into the pipeline. So we'll we'll see a year out. Anthony, just wanted to pivot to you quickly on that matter. I mean, do you think the quality of education is going to be seriously compromised here, as the unions are suggesting? Because when we hear 10,000 teachers losing their jobs through attrition, those positions won't be refilled, but no actual jobs are going to go missing. Uh, I think part of the crisis in education, John, is that we already have a compromised education system. And now we're looking at how can we improve upon all that. We just had a long conversation about how school is going to be shut down tomorrow for people to go to this global climate strike where they're giving the middle finger to capitalism, uh, quite literally, probably, in this event. That should not be happening. And the fact that there are teachers and administrators and principals who are encouraging this and sending these permission forms, 
um, home suggests that there's something awry going on. So you take that fact, and then you take, as Maddie points out, you've got the two biggest files. You've got healthcare and education, and then we look and we have a, a bit of a debt crisis going on in, in Ontario right now as a sub-sovereign uh, jurisdiction. We're sort of one of the most indebted in North America, and you go, okay, you got to deal with those two big files. A really responsible way to do it, and Maddie points out, number one cost of doing business is people, at least in, in the education department. Well, attrition. There you go. So this is the way things are going to have to happen. When they say we're not cleaning the hallways, they they mean they're arranging the schedule that way. I recently learned that lunchroom supervisors will be included in this work to rule, even though their contracts have nothing to do with this. So in solidarity, they are choosing to join their union brothers and sisters to make things a bit more difficult for the student. So these inconveniences are a choice. We'll leave on that note. Uh, I appreciate it as always. Maddie DiMuccio, CEO of the Society for Quality Education. Anthony Fury, Sun Papers National Columnist. The Sound and the Fury is closed. Thank, thank you, John. Thank you both. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 